what better way, Mariana, than to start the new year in worship and in word. And let's just get the, the course set off right, Kyle. We, it's kind of a reset button. It's really no different. Yesterday was yesterday. It was a day, and today's a day. But it kind of is a mental uh, good place to leave stuff behind and a good place to move forward. And, you know, new year, new joys, new challenges, starting new chapters, closing chapters. Um, you know, God's been really dealing with me about facing some of the unknown territories coming up this year. I keep wanting to say next year. It's this year, as of today. Some of the unknown territories. And I feel like this is for, I don't just feel like this is for me. But new territories, I mean in business, in, in life, in personal decisions, uh, just new territories and that unknown because we like to be able to stand here and see there when sometimes God doesn't give us a leap. He gives us a step. And if you were not here when Willie George was here last year in 2022, please go online uh, to the RCC page and find when Willie George was here and he taught on the step. Because it's the leaps that scare us. I can handle a step. And God leads in steps. There's a few times that there's leaps, Mary. There's a few times that there's leaps. But most of the time, he, he's kind to us. He's kind to us. And he can lead us in steps. And that's that dread. The word dread is just, you all know I've mentioned it in several services. It's just really been on my heart that there's people that are living in dread. We've got to realize that dread, it is fear. It is another word for fear. And a lot of times what we dread is the unknown. What's going to happen? If I do this, what's going to happen? We want that domino effect. We want to see the end. Okay, if I make this decision, boom, 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 where is this going to land? Well, I can promise you this. If you are walking by the Spirit and you're being led by the Spirit of God in your decisions, you do not have to fear where that domino effect is going to land. And that comes into that trust that we've brought up a couple of services, that faith and trust have to be together. I don't just believe God is. I trust in who He is with me. And there's a big difference in that. A lot of people believe God is God. He's the creator of the universe. Yes, he can do this. Yes, he can do that. But who is he to me is where trust comes in. Right? And, and there's, there's just a difference there. Go with me to Psalm 119. A very familiar verse of, of scripture to most Christians. Uh, it's, it's used a lot. But when I was dealing with the dread of you know, that, that feeling of the unknown ahead, he just kept bringing me back to this verse that I'm sure we've all learned somewhere along the way if you've been in church very long. He says, your word, the psalmist is saying this, your word, it is a lamp to my feet. I don't know about y'all, my feet are personal. 
It's a lamp to my feet. To me, right here, lamp, light, that has to do with my next step. His word is a light, Lynn, for my next step. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to handle this? How am I going to... Chill. Chill if I've been putting the word in and my lamp has some light. Your word, it's a lamp. That literally means candle. It's a candle to my feet or to my step. And it is a light. That word means illumination. It's an illumination for my path. God has a destination for me, but for me to get to that destination, there's steps. And I love the fact that God has peace for me. But what's my step to peace? It's, it's me keeping my mouth shut sometimes. I don't, know, I don't know why I'm pointing at Rusty when I said that. He could look back at me. I mean, peace starts at home, right? In me. And, and we make choices to pursue, Scripture says, pursue peace. To do the things, it also says to do the things that make for peace. So yeah, God has peace for me. But I need his word to light the steps. This is a new year. We know what we want. If you don't know what you want, you sure need to be thinking about it. And you need to get that answer out of the book. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It, the direction that I know I need to go, he gives me the steps on how to get there. There, there sure seems to be some obstacles to the promises of God. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but there's been a few obstacles to my peace. There's been a few obstacles to my health. There's been a few obstacles to my love walk. There's been a few obstacles to, to all the promises of God and the things that I read in the Word that He says He has to me. There's been a few obstacles. But Psalm 119 assures us that His Word is here to reveal to us what we otherwise would not see or would not know to do. That's what I need. Because some of the places I've stepped... <laughs> Got my shoes a little dirty. But if he is directing my steps, his word is here to direct me. And though the word of God does not always give us precise detail of what we are to do, you know, it would be nice if we could go in here and we could say, when you go, say this. When you go for that interview, you're going to get the... When you, go to, when you finish college, you are too. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It doesn't give us, always give us. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it tells me to shut up. Sometimes it tells me a contentious woman is like a continual dripping of water. Good job, babe. He's directing his, his steps, keeping him out of keeping him in safety. Sometimes it is concise. And I can know, Susan, you need to back off, you need to shut up. 
And the scripture does tell me that. Set a guard over my mouth, set a watch over my mouth, the psalmist said, that's just fancy language for Susan. You need to shut up. So yes, there's times that it's concise, but there's times that it's not. But I, I love that his word is the seed for the wisdom I need. I put his word in my heart, Jamie, and out of that word that I put in my heart, suddenly something rises up out of me that tells me precisely what I need to do in that situation. It didn't say that in black and white in the word, but because I've sown the seed of wisdom, his wisdom, in my heart, what's the harvest off the seed of his wisdom? His wisdom. Imagine that. The word, any kind of seed produces after like kind. Corn produces, peas produce, the wisdom of God produces, of God, not the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of God produces. So when I'm putting the word in, which is what we do here, we come, we put the word in, we, we get thoughts that were not originally our thoughts. You had a picture of what you thought life was supposed to be, and then God starts drawing you a picture of what life's supposed to be through his words. His words are painting pictures in you. You had a picture of what old age was supposed to look like, but God's word has a different picture of what old age is supposed to look like. You had a picture of what health looked like. It was probably given to you by your, uh, your grandparents or your parents and the people around you who talked sickness and disease all the time, and they were old by the time they were 40. I look back at some people in my life and I think, they were always old. No, Ken, I wasn't thinking. I've said it before, but I wasn't thinking at this time until I looked at you. Ken's young at heart. I'm just messing with him. You have a picture in your mind of what health is like. Well, everybody gets sick sometimes. It doesn't say that. The world says that. God's word says something else. So it begins to paint a different picture in you. So we sow that wisdom in us and it begins to become the precise wisdom that we need. And when we sow his word in our hearts, which means we fill our minds with it, we immerse ourselves in the culture of the word. I don't think Lindsay's here today, but it, Lindsay, is, is fluent in, uh, Lindsay Ingmar is, is fluent in Spanish and she's teaching it now at the Christian school and, and she worked with the foreign students out at Tech, and she just has a lot of wisdom. But, you know, one of the best ways she learned Spanish was not just out here at Arkansas Tech or in high school at Dover. She went abroad, and she immersed herself in the culture. It's one of the reasons church is important. Let me look at the live stream camera just a minute. If you can be here, be here. Because you're immersing yourself in the culture. And we rub off on each other in a good way. In a good way. And so that, that helps us feel our minds and see something different. Some of you look across the room and you see a marriage and you say, Goodness, that's what I want. Or you see a parent parenting. And you think, oh my goodness, I, I need to change this. Well, if you're not here, you don't see it. 
And it doesn't affect you. And if you don't expose yourself to the word, it cannot affect you. we got to be reading our Bibles, not just coming to church, but reading our Bibles. Reading the word of God for ourselves. We need to, to take a, a step. When the information rises up on the inside of us, we need to take that step of obedience and let it do the change that we need. Oftentimes we... Oftentimes we fill our minds with the questions instead of filling our minds with the answer. And, and I hear this a lot. When, when, and if you've come to me for help, so has a lot of people in the room, okay? When you come to somebody for help and everything is, you're immersed in the questions and everything is, I don't understand why, I don't understand why, I don't know what, I... And it's just question, question, question. Catch yourself and realize you have immersed your mind in the questions instead of immersing your mind in the answer. It's okay to have questions. Just don't immerse yourself in all the questions. Immerse your, get the question and immerse yourself in the Word to find the answer. And I'm talking about in the practical things of life. Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Do we move? Do we not move? You know, and then immerse yourself in the Word and in the answer. The Word of God was designed to speak to you. It's called the Word of God. And it is God's Word for you. Not just me. It's, it, it's God's Word for you. And God can speak to you. And this is another reason to come to church. God spoke to me during song service. You know why? Because I was immersed in his presence. I wasn't at home doing dishes listening to praise and worship. Or folding clothes listening to praise and worship. Although, if that's what you got, do it. But there is just, there's opportunity. How many opportunities can I give God to speak to me? How do I place myself in a position to hear his instruction? And that's a great question to ask yourself. Am I, if I have a question in my life, how many avenues am I giving God to speak into it? Because who I hang around with and who I'm spending time with is an opportunity for more questions <laughs> or, it's, or, if it's, or it's an opportunity for people to speak into my life to have the wisdom of God. Coming to church does the same thing. Reading the Word does the same thing. Watching good faith-filled ministers on, on television or on radio or on iPod or, you know, whatever forms you have, the more avenues I have, the more ways. God, and listen, God is great about confirming His Word. So if you have a thought that, hey, I wonder if that was God telling me to go down and apply for that job. God's great at confirming his word. And one of the, the, what I mean by that is sending you more than one message. And one of the greatest ways, and, and you people who are married, and you have a, a, a covenant-believing spouse, one of the greatest ways is your spouse. For you and your spouse to pray about it and talk about it. It's one of the greatest ways of confirmation. Because if, if Jeff and Janine... 
Jeff has one thought and Janine, God hasn't dealt with Janine. More than likely, Jeff's going to kind of pull back and wait. And either God's going to deal with Janine and she's going to come to Jeff and say, I think we're supposed to live in Russellville and go to the Russellville Christian Center for the rest of our lives. And then Jeff would say, that's exactly what God told me. I'm not moving y'all to Northwest Arkansas. And there's, there's ways that God confirms. You know what? He knows we need that, and I appreciate that about him. He, he confirms his word with signs following, the scripture says, but it can be through words. But it's, the word is designed to instruct you. It's designed to correct you. It's designed to lead your thoughts. And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that, that that is what the word is. God breathed. The word of God is God breathed to instruct you, correct you, to lead you. There's an anointing on it. God's anointing's on it to do it. How does that work? Just because I read the word, the answer's going to come up? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. Immerse yourself in it and the answer will come. Now, when I was writing my notes right here in the middle of all of this this morning, and I got to this point, God said this to me, and I felt like it was for somebody, so I'm just going to say it. He said, because the word is there to speak to you, to lead you, don't be afraid of change if that change is leading you to peace. Change steps can sometimes be uncomfortable because they're different. And, and we, on the human side, don't always like change. But I've stepped this way before. I've gone this way before. Well, that doesn't mean it's right this time. Oh, I've stayed. I've stayed on this job for 25 years. Well, if God's leading you to step, and that step leads to prosperity, or that step leads to peace, or that step leads to joy, don't be afraid of the step. Don't be afraid of the change because it can be the best move you've ever made. See, peace is not the absence of issues. Peace doesn't mean that it's not uncomfortable. Peace doesn't mean that there's not challenges. Peace is what we walk in through the issues. Peace is what leads us through circumstances and guides us. I remember so many times in making decisions in my life, my dad would, would, would say, follow peace. Not excitement. Peace. Excitement is a false peace many times because it looks exciting. Paul Underhill. This is where Dad got it from, my Paul Underhill, her Paul Underhill. Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Make a decision in your mind one way. Sleep on it. If you've got time, make a decision the other way. The two things you're trying to decide, make the decision the other way. In your mind, don't tell anybody else, just in your mind, sleep on it. 
where's peace? Which way is peace? Not that there's not issues either way, but where is peace? Peace will guide you. God's word is here to guide you. God is here to guide you. And you know, what if you knew your next step was ordered of the Lord? What if you knew your next step, what God, what if, that what you were feeling like you were supposed to do, what if you knew it was ordered of the Lord? Absolute confidence. Not without issue, not without complication, not without uncomfortable because you're making change. But if you knew what you were thinking about doing was ordered of the Lord, come on, right? We would do it with confidence and peace would be there with it. Well, Psalm 37, which once again is a familiar passage to us, but Verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he takes delight in his way. Even if he has a fall, he won't be without help, for the hand of the Lord is supporting him. What if I make this step and, well, if God told you to make it, and you do make any mistakes, and you do have a fall, you have a guarantee he's there to pick you up and stand you back up. And so there's just a confidence. But I want to stick with verse 23, and it's a great thing to say over ourselves, that my steps are ordered of the Lord. Not my own mind. Not my, my decisions are not based upon my past. That's not what I'm looking to to make this decision. But my steps are ordered of the Lord, and he takes delight in his way. So the message this morning is this. To get to where God wants you, you're going to have to let his word chart the course. If you want his destination, you're going to have to let his word get you there. So we titled it Chart the Course. It's the beginning of a new year. Let's chart the course. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind. Now, we're really good. Oh, I trust the Lord with all my heart. Well, what about your head? What about your mind? What about your thoughts? What about your emotions? Because when we break this down, Robbie, and we say, it's a confession for me, because I don't always feel this. I lean on you. I trust in you. I am confident in you, Lord, with all my heart and with all my mind, you know what I'm doing? I'm taking control of all of those other thoughts that are saying everything else. And all of those other emotions that are saying everything else, I have to stand in the face of those things and I have to say, oh no. Because <laughs> you know what? You are spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit is the one that has to take control. Because your body will throw a fit, your mind will throw a fit, and somebody's got to stop the chaos, and it's going to be the inside of you that was born of the Spirit of God. The incorruptible seed of the Word of God is what your spirit is made of. So lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely or lean on. One version says rely on your own understanding. Your own perception is the way I'm going to say it. 
you, you, can't, you can't rely. Have we not learned this in the last couple of years? When what we thought was blown out of the water and we had to go back and rely on our spirit man instead of what was up here, it's actually the way we're supposed to live. Don't rely on your own insight or your own understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him and what? And he will direct. He'll direct your path. This version, this is the amplified version, says he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Well, I just don't know what to do. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. But I don't know what to do. Well, is, that where, is that where you're wanting to go? Because you're, you're charting a course here. Is that what the Word of God says? The Word of God say to say you don't know what to do? No, the Word of God says for me to say I lean on, trust in, and I am confident in the Lord. And with all my heart and with all of my mind, I rely on him and I am not going to fall back on my own insight and my understanding. But I will acknowledge and recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct. He hasn't told me what to do yet. God hasn't told me what to do yet. I love it when God tells me about 10 years ahead of time what I need to do. 10 years. I mean, but that's usually not how it flows. But when you need to know you're going to have to have faith that you'll know. And I, I have had it happen in such supernatural ways. Someday, someday, I'm going to be able to tell y'all some stories. God is so good to us. And when we immerse ourselves in his word and his presence, when we need concise, precise answers, he can nail it down. And he can give it to you. If we took what we've just read so far today from the word. And we said it. Instead of talking the questions all the time. It would sound more like this. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. I will not walk in darkness or fear of the unknown when all is known by you. My steps are ordered by you. And even if I did fall, you would be there to help me. So I lean on, trust in, I'm confident in you. I won't rely on my own insight. I won't rely on my own understanding because I know, recognize, and acknowledge you. And you will direct and make straight and plain my path. That takes fear out of my day. But I have to chart for that. Look, you don't, you don't set a boat in the middle of the ocean and hope, hope that it ends up on St. Thomas. Bora Bora, am I hitting anybody yet? Jamaica. You don't, you don't set a boat out there and just hope that it gets there. You chart the course. You chart it. Go with me to James 3. You know we got to go there, right? 
Your words, listen, listen to me because this is really a big point of the day. Your words are a step. If you're charting your course for this new year, for life, your words are a step. You may not be doing anything that anybody else can see. You may not be making a decision that anybody else can say, you decided to do this. But Garrett, when you speak the word of God, you just made a step. You just made a choice. And, and so don't think, well, I haven't done anything about that yet. Oh, if you've spoken the word of God over it, you have taken a step. And, and it's, it's a big step because our words are directional. They set a direction. They set a direction of our thinking. They set a direction of our attitude. They set a direction in our faith and what we're choosing. And so, you know, maybe we need to take a step back from what we need to do and go back to what we need to say. What do I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. Just, maybe you need to just take a step back and say, what do I need to say? Rather than what do I need to do? And if you've got the time to do that, I urge you, whatever the question is in your head on what you need to do, take a step back, get you some word, and think about what you need to say. And then the word will instruct you on what you need to do. Another thing on speaking his word. Speaking his word conditions my mind to hear his instruction. Speaking his word conditions my mind to hear his instruction. There's something about, because a lot of people go through this. How do I know if it's God speaking to me? Well, if you've been hearing his word, you know his sound. Right? John, I think, taught a great message on the sound of God's... I don't remember how you worded it, but it was good. Might need to hear that again. Um, there, there's, it, it gives you God's character, God's mode of operation, God's MO on how he would do things. And so then you'll hear something, you go, oh, that doesn't sound like God. That didn't sound like something God would say. So hearing his word really, even if you're just reading the scripture before you go to bed or what, just putting that word in and you may not think it has anything to do with anything you're going through. You're just reading the book of, book of Proverbs. You're just reading. But then something else comes to you and you think, I wonder if that was God or not. That doesn't sound like God. I don't, I don't, think, that, I don't think that sounds like God. Hearing his word will do that. Doesn't make sense to the head, but it sure works. And it gets you ready to receive, it conditions you to receive his instruction. James 3. Kind of a tangled verse here, but you'll get the gist of it. Verse 1 says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. 
If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect or mature man, able to keep his whole body in check. What? What? If a person never stumbles in what they say, they are a mature person and able to, King James Version, control their whole body. I'm just going to give you one example of a person I have seen do this perfectly. Jesus. He only said what he heard the Father say, only did what he saw the Father do. And he lived perfectly. He was mature. He had an understanding. Verse 3. That doesn't mean we don't try. Okay? We're, we're, we, our aim is to mature, right? To grow, to be Christ-like. Verse 3 says, When we put bits in the mouths of horses... To make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. He's just giving you different examples here. When you put pressure, the bit puts pressure on that tongue. You can control a beast that's over a thousand pounds. Who wants to go to the barn. Who wants to take off running through the field. But you can control it when you put pressure on the tongue. He's talking to us. Or take the ships as an example. Although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, I just have to ask myself the question, where do I want to go? Chart the course. And he's, he's talking about the tongue. Because verse 5, likewise the tongue. These are examples of the tongue being like that bit in the horse's mouth controlling that thing that would like to run away. He's talking about the rudder. Anybody ever been on a cruise ship or a military ship, a big, something bigger than Lake Dardanelle? Right? And you're like a city out there on the ocean. You know, I didn't look back and, and see this ginormous equipment that took half the ship. You saw some waves behind the ship, but they weren't anything like what you think you would see for it to power a city on the water. Because in comparison to the ship, the rudder is small. But it can turn that thing. It can turn it. Your life can be turned. Your marriage can be turned. Your body can be turned. Your relationship can be turned. Your finances can be turned. Your health can be turned. It's going to start right here. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and it sets the whole course of his life on fire. What does? Their past? No, their tongue. And is itself set on fire by hell. Man, this has sounded kind of hopeless. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men. We have been made in God's likeness. Who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. I'm just going to tell you, without the word of God, you can't tame your tongue. But that word was made for it. That's why he's told us to speak his word. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are we redeemed? Yes. But he wants us to say so. Let the weak say You can't set a boat out in the water and expect it to end up in the right place. God provided us a map, but he needs us to set the course. We are our own vessels. He gave us the right of free will. He's not controlling the ship. Listen to me. When it comes to you, God is not in control. If he was, we'd all be in a lot better place. He allowed us to make decisions. He gave us that in Genesis. He has not taken it back. We, he gave us the map. We chart the course. I choose to go the way he says to go. When my flesh doesn't want to. I set that course. Now I just... Y'all, y'all just go ahead and stand with me. I've been standing. Y'all can stand. Most of us are familiar with Proverbs 18. And he says, A man's belly will be filled or satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the... And those who indulge in it will eat the fruit of it. If you use your mouth, you're going to eat the fruit of your mouth. So what are you saying? What, what are you saying? Because that will be a great indication of where you're going to end up. So I get Charles Capps' little partner pamphlets every month. I, I know some of you do too. And it was, it was the one for Confessions for the New Year. And it was like pages long. And so you can probably go online and get it, but I shortened it and Susanized it, okay? Fewer words than Annette. I'll, I'll have a word with her about that. But um, I just want y'all to repeat this after me. And I want you to notice the shift.
gift in your mind when you speak the word of God out your mouth. You ready? I'll try to do short sections at a time. That's what I have to do at weddings on wedding vows. They're always, they're always like, don't make us say too much at a time. <laughs> Father, because of your word, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Your spirit of truth will guide me. I do not lack for wisdom. I have been given the mind of Christ. So I covenant with you now to give voice to your word. I will not Give voice to the enemy by speaking fear and doubt. You've given your angels charge over me in all my ways. And my way is the way of your word. I am delivered from the power of darkness. I am in the light. The greater one lives in me. Your word will cause me to prevail. My pathway is health. My course is peace. My choice is your way. My words are your words. Your word is being formed in my body. Your word is being formed in my thoughts. It will be my direction and my result. I am far from oppression. Fear cannot stay in me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. But whatever I do will prosper. You keep me in perfect peace. Because my mind is fixed on you. Mm, I'm immersed. Therefore, I'll rest in you. And these things will surely come to pass. For your word, it's within me. And your word cannot fail. This year will be a year that you... Y'all are going to have to fill in the blank. I encourage you to go home today and fill in the blank. This year will be a year that you... So I can't fill that in for you. But if you set your will, it will control your choices for you. That's my destination. Therefore, I have to step this way. Because if I take that other step, it won't get me there. Well, I have trouble with my... Mm-mm. You let your destination make your decisions. Amen?